Hi, this is Christian Kuhn of Urban Village Church in Chicago. Welcome back to my sermon podcast. It has been at least two or three weeks since I put one out. And of course, I'd imagine many of you can guess why so many things have changed for us here at Urban Village because of the pandemic. And we are doing online worship. And on the Podbean page, if for those of you who have not seen this or worship with us online, I'm going to put the link of how you can join with us. So because of that, um, we are taking turns preaching uh, for all of the sites, including River Forest United Methodist. And so uh, I have not been preaching as much, but it's my turn this week. So I'm uh, recording this and putting this out on podcast. So this will be for Palm Sunday, the beginning of Holy Week in the Christian church. I'm going to read two passages Um, both from the Gospel of Matthew, both relating to Holy Week. And I'm going to start by reading Matthew 21, verses 1 through 11. This is a passage often, one of the passages often read in conjunction with Palm Sunday. And then I'm going to jump over to Matthew 26 and read uh, two verses, verses 57 and 58. So first, uh, hear these words from Matthew 21. When they had come near Jerusalem and had reached Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, just say this, The Lord needs them, and he will send them immediately. This took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Look, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put their cloaks on them, and he sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and that followed were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil, asking, Who is this? The crowds were saying, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. And now jumping ahead to Matthew 26, verses 57 and 58. Those who had arrested Jesus took him to Caiaphas, the high priest, in whose house the scribes and the elders had gathered. But Peter was following him at a distance, as far as the courtyard of the high priest And going inside, he sat with the guards in order to see how this would end. May God's blessing be on the reading and living out of this word. Several years ago, I was out to eat with my wife and a friend of hers named Lisa, a friend of ours named Lisa. And I don't remember if there was somebody else with us too. Again, this was many years ago. But I remember we were at this restaurant. And uh, I think he was in the Lakeview or Lincoln Park neighborhood of, of the city. And it was one of those uh, restaurants where uh, the tables were really close to one another. Certainly, that would not be okay today. But um, you may know what it's like to eat in one of those restaurants. And uh, as we were sitting there and I was chatting with, um, with my wife and with Lisa and everything else, I noticed that there was a person at the table right next to ours. Uh, And because the tables were so close to one another, I couldn't help but noticing this person and overhearing the conversation. And I looked at who it was across the table from me, and I thought, 
this person looks really familiar. And I continued to eat and continued to sneak glances across who, uh, across uh, from me. And then I realized it had to be who I thought it was. And so, and I still have this napkin today. In fact, I'll put a picture of this uh, on the Podbean page. I took a napkin that I had, took out a pen, or asked Anne for a pen, and kind of stealthily wrote on the napkin, I think the woman sitting next to Lisa is Billie Jean King. Now, for those of you who don't know Billie Jean King, uh, search her on the internet. She is one of the sports top 20th century icons for lots of reasons, Uh, certainly for her athletic skill, uh, but also for her uh, groundbreaking efforts in making sure that women uh, were treated and paid equally. So I kept, I wrote this note to my wife, and then as we continued to eat, I just couldn't help, I confess now, I was kind of listening to my wife and to the others, but then I couldn't help but just continue to inch closer to this table to get a sense of who, what were they talking about? Who was this person with Billie Jean King? And I was getting, doing all I could to, to get closer to her. And at the end, as she was getting up to leave, I asked her to sign this napkin. And of course, I, again, I still have this today. Now, why did I do this? Why do any of us, when you, if you think about somebody that uh, is notable or a celebrity or famous or somebody who's a hero of yours, if you ever have the chance to be close to them or be around them, something within us compels us just to get closer. Why is that? I mean, for me, did I think that by hearing her conversation or that getting closer to her, that somehow her notoriety, her importance would magically rub off on me? I I have no idea. Who knows? Something within us, we're human, compels us to get closer to someone noteworthy and special. Now, these days, of course, all we talk about is just the opposite. We don't want to get closer. We want to be distant, socially distant, stay far away, at least six feet, if not farther, if we can. So as we read this passage today, it might make us a little uncomfortable because it tells us, the passage tells us that there is a crowd, not just a crowd, a very large crowd. All of these people, one scholar estimates that Jerusalem at the time, so they're entering into Jerusalem, this is Jesus' entry into Jerusalem, Roughly, there were about 40,000 people lived in Jerusalem, but this scholar estimates that maybe 200,000 religious pilgrims were coming to Jerusalem at this time for the Passover that would be happening that week. So this message of social distancing that we hear, for me anyway, is really sunk in to the point where when I read this passage, I get a little uncomfortable and a little nervous for everybody in this passage. But this was a different time, of course, and this very large crowd wants to do all it can to respond to Jesus' entry into Jerusalem. I think it's important every Palm Sunday to note that Jesus' entry turns so many things on their head. The scholar James Duke notes that Jesus, by coming into Jerusalem the way he did, he confounds messianic hopes. For those who saw Jesus as the Messiah, they were hoping for pomp, for ceremony, Splendor, the shock and awe of destructive power, certainly a big horse. But instead, what they get is humility and gentleness. They get a donkey and a colt. They get predictions of suffering and death. But be that as it may, the crowd still seems to be thrilled 
with his arrival. They are literally throwing the coats off their backs. They're cutting branches from the trees. They're shouting ahead, or they're running ahead and shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Now, it's interesting to note that the word Hosanna is a Hebrew expression that means save we pray or save us now. The people running out ahead want to be saved. And as this week goes along, we realize that their celebration of Jesus, their desire to be saved, has strings attached. They want to be saved, but they want to be saved according to their own plans. Because as we continue to read through Matthew, we learn that as close as the crowds get to Jesus on this day, it doesn't take very long for them to keep their distance. In Matthew 27, the crowds gather again. The governor, Pilate, gives them the option to free Jesus or another prisoner named Barabbas. The crowd, again, the crowd, almost another character in and of themselves in the Gospel of Matthew. The crowd says, Barabbas. And so Pilate asks, well, what should I do with this Jesus who is called the Messiah? And the passage tells us all of them said, let him be crucified. And it's not just the crowds who keep their distance. Peter, perhaps Jesus' closest friend and confidant, Peter, we read from our passage, the second passage that we looked at today. Those who had arrested Jesus took him to Caiaphas, the high priest, but Peter was following him at a distance. But Peter was following him at a distance. It may be easy for us to perhaps condemn or chastise the crowds and Peter. I mean, how could they turn on Jesus so quickly to go from wanting to be so close and then distancing in a matter of days? But then I think of my own life and the times when I want to be a little distant, maybe more than a little. Days of frustration, perhaps impatience, anger. No doubt those thoughts are going through many of our minds right now. And we cry out in our moments of frustration and anger, and we cry out, Hosanna, save us. And those cries may seemingly go unheard. But even when we, in those moments, try to keep our distance from Jesus, God still somehow nudges us back. Some of you know that I'm a pretty avid runner, and... uh, The options for running in Chicago are becoming a little more limited, especially along the lakefront, a very popular path along the lake. So many people are out or enjoy running along the lake, and I do as well, and that has been shut off uh, in the effort to try to keep people home and to keep them distant from one another. So because the lakefront was cut off for me, I have been whenever I run north, I've decided to run along Columbus. Uh, For those of you familiar with uh, Chicago, maybe even if you've only visited a few times, you may know where the Field Museum is or the Shedd Aquarium. So I run on Roosevelt and then I turn north on Columbus and it's close to those museums. And as I run north on Columbus, I also pass by the, the back end of the Art Institute, another popular museum of Chicago. And I really enjoy running down, running up Columbus. I run in many races where it starts on Columbus, the marathon, and another race called the Shamrock Shuffle. But an interesting thing happened 
or happens when I run on Columbus, north on Columbus now. Because I can no longer run along the lake, along the lake where you can see the beautiful Lake Michigan and the boats, and the, sometimes if you run in the morning and the sunrise. Now, running and because of that, because of we're being encouraged to distance from one another, I've been rerouted to run on Columbus. And when I run north on Columbus and I go past the Art Institute, I run under Randolph. And when I run under Randolph, that means I'm running by those who are experiencing homelessness. Sleeping bags. Cardboard boxes. And it struck me that even in a way, because we are being encouraged to stay distant from one another, my being rerouted has actually brought me closer to those citizens of our city who are struggling. And because Jesus spent so much of his ministry with those on the margin, I have been rerouted closer, I believe, to Jesus. So we have decisions to make, friends. In these days when there's talk about distancing, we have a decision, how close then will we get to Jesus? Especially if we feel upset or frustrated or abandoned, and the temptation to be distant is so very prevalent. But I hope and pray and believe that in those moments, God actually will be guiding us in some way so that we can, even though we try so hard, so that we can get closer, get as close to Jesus as we can, especially this week. The civil rights icon, Reverend Joseph Lowry, a United Methodist pastor, died on March 27th at the age of 98. Reverend Lowry, with Martin Luther King Jr. and others founded the Southern Christian Leadership Conference and is also, it was called, the Dean of the Civil Rights Movement. I was reading an article about Reverend Lowry that ran in 2008 in Atlanta Magazine. And as I was reading this profile of him, I was struck by one thing that seemed to be very consistent with his behavior. And that's this. During times... When people said, it's best to stay back, it's best to lay low, it's best to take it easy, Reverend Lowry decided to get closer, sometimes uncomfortably so. In 2005, when he was at the funeral service for Rosa Parks, a time when everyone, society says, to be nice, play it safe, don't stir anything up at a funeral, he chose that moment to corner Secretary of State Condoleezza Rice and ask for her help with efforts to extend the Voting Rights Act. Later, Lowry joked with a reporter that he approached her there because I knew she couldn't move. A year later, at the funeral for Coretta Scott King, Reverend Lowry was one of the speakers. Again, a time perhaps to lay aside any kind of political agenda, speak kindly of Coretta Scott King and her legacy, and he did do that, but then he also shifted in the middle of his sermon. So many notable figures, including four presidents, were there, and he began to speak, and he said Coretta extended Martin's message against poverty, racism, 
and war. She deplored the terror inflicted by our smart bombs and missions way afar. We know now that there were no weapons of mass destruction over there. But Coretta knew, and we know, that there are weapons of mass destruction right down here. Millions without health insurance. Poverty abounds. For war, billions more, but no more for the poor. He was criticized by some because of this. People were saying that it's not the time nor the place to say these things. You should stay back, play it safe in those moments. But he kept on getting closer. And then a year after that, in 2007, it was at a benefit, a benefit to celebrate Lowry's 86th birthday. It would benefit his institute. So many people were there, including at the end of the night, Aretha Franklin. And she got up and gave this amazing concert, got a rousing standing ovation. And he came up on stage with her and was joking with her. And his wife was up there with him. And the band had left and everybody assumed that Aretha was done for the evening. And so the smart thing would have been for him just to say thank you. Now is not the time to push for anything more from the Queen of Soul. But of course, that's not Reverend Lowry's way. And he said, I just want to know if you're going to sing Respect. She had not planned to sing her signature hit. She was done for the evening, but she called the band back so that she would not disappoint Reverend Lowry. And then as soon as Aretha hit the first note again, Many maybe think now's the time to stay seated, enjoy the concert, but he jumped out of his seat and led the whole crowd there to stand and sway and sing along. When everyone else say to play it safe, to stay stay distant, Reverend Lowry kept getting closer, uncomfortably so. We are in a moment where you might not feel like waving palms where you are. You may not feel like shouting out. You may not feel like throwing your cloak along the road. But the one thing I believe and know is that when we try to distance ourselves, God still finds a way for us to draw closer. Friends, now is not the time for us to be distant from Jesus. Even in the midst of our anxiety We are called to draw closer for strength, for the journey, for comfort, for us to see a new day, for the belief that one day we will pick up our palms and give our cloaks away again, for us to be closer so that we can experience that brush with greatness. And not because we want notoriety or fame or celebrity, instead we are looking for that brush with greatness so that we can get closer to one who comes riding in on a donkey, making the powerful uncomfortable, making sure no one is ignored or left behind. Get close to Jesus this week, friends. And nothing would ever be the same again when we do. Amen. Well, friends, thank you for listening to this podcast. So many different ways that you can connect with Urban Village. I'm going to put this on the Podbean page, too, all the different ways that you can connect to us. Uh, And again, particularly now, if you have a need for a listening ear, if you are feeling lonely or afraid, 
by all means, please reach out to me, Christian at urbanvillagechurch.org, and I will be happy to chat with you um, if that is helpful. We are entering a very holy week, uh, literally, and so I hope that this is a time for you to draw closer to Jesus, to walk with him in this journey so that we know and believe that resurrection is just around the corner. Friends, may the peace of Christ be with you. Thou and thou only, first in